Hi, this is Augusta Nielsen, Glam from Wigwam. You're listening to and watching CMS TV. Well, um, we talked about this before John Phillips, uh, sent this in and, and okay. it's, uh, it's a good way to wrap up the show. Okay. We talked about this, about how these legacy artists are selling their catalogs. Yes. So why musical artists are selling their catalog rights. Okay. Why are so many artists selling their music catalogs these days? It's become a major story in music industry during the past couple of years to the point where the biggest music buyers these days are not fans, but rather companies acquiring artist catalogs, especially ownership of songwriting and publishing rights in order to profit from opportunities in a still expanding media world where music content is gold. That's right. Tom Shearer, president of repertoire. I didn't even know they were still around and marketing for BMG, which obviously just bought the dock and catalog. Right. So they have a couple I, I of bucks. I looked at that today, you know, mm -hmm. the, uh, and, and there there's like, really no description of it aside from that they're releasing the four uh releases from the 80s yeah that's it you know and there's no like extras at all there's no like tour books or photos or you know no. guitar picks or nothing it, it's just a quote-unquote a box set and it's just like so what's so special about this because it's already been done well, I like the way Don explained it to us when he came on to talk. Oh, oh never yeah. mind. Never mind. <laughs> I just don't get it. You know, I, I don't get it. I don't understand what the value is in that. Only thing I think of is new fans or people that don't have it on vinyl. It's available on vinyl, right? I know. It's a hundred. What is it? 154 bucks or something like that. Yeah. If you get the four vinyls. Yeah. That's probably the only real people that are going to buy it are the vinyl collectors. Yeah. But, but is it worth millions of dollars though? Dude. Well, I mean, but it's, I mean, they paid that, but they're, they're going to do more than that with it. Right. They can. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, see again, I don't know what the, what the marketing strategy yeah. is to make it worth the money that they paid the artist for. They can, I mean, I'm sure they could pick songs off and do best of the eighties ballads and you know, this and that, and you know, cut it up, put it out there, put it out there almost like Cinderella did a million different ways to oh, yeah. sell three records or four records or whatever. Yeah. They had four studio records and then like 16 live yeah. stuff things, you yeah. know, 16 variations. Right. So I'm sure, I'm sure there's something they can do with it. Yeah. Well, again, I don't get it, but apparently these people are in the business and they're smarter than me. So they, I would hope they know what they're doing. Yeah. They got to uh, have some rights to the songs, don't you think? Yeah, of course. What's the, it's the licensing. Yeah. So, so they'll be licensing that shit. We'll be seeing it in the next Avengers movie or something. We'll be seeing Maybe. Dream Warriors or something. Maybe. Uh, Tom Shearer, president of Repertoire and Marketing for BMG, one of the top buyers in the market, tells Loudwire, it's kind of a gold rush mentality. It started with the big names and then all of a sudden everyone else is thinking maybe I should sell as well. And deals are being made all the time. Yeah. The names are indeed big. That would be Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Motley Crue, Sting, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and many more. And the stakes are huge. Many of these deals have been quoted, but not necessarily verified in the eight and nine figured range up to a reported 400 million 
for Dylan's uh, catalog. Barely a week goes by without at least one major acquisition announcement, always with a substantial number of zeros in the mix. See, here's the thing. Where does all this money come from? Are are they using like a hedge fund or something like a return on investment after X amount of years? Because we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. I heard that one company is using crypto that they got from Metallica tickets. <laughs> but but think about that. So so like Fleetwood Mac, they want you know for whatever reason like 350 million you had Bruce Springsteen, he had like a like 500 million, mm-hmm. Dylan 400 million. Yeah. Where, where does all these millions come from? Mm-hmm. Where where does it come from? All these companies have way too much money. That's for sure. Well, do they have that? Do you think BMG has hundreds of millions of dollars to buy catalogs? I do. Yeah. Really? I, I, all right. Let me be cautious on how I approach this. All right. So the company that I'm building with, um, with um, starving artist, starving artist company. One of the things that we do is exactly that. Sure. Is get artists and put them in contact with these types of people or organizations. And we are working on one right now with um, somebody, you know, I'll just leave it there. Yes. Okay. And it's a seven figure deal. Okay. And how am I going to say this? We know some of the people that we are working with have X amount of discretionary money that has been set aside for exactly this purpose. And it's kind of, it's set against what the perceived use of the catalog will be as well as the return on the streaming and the, you know, there's a formula. There actually is a formula. I understand that. I get that. And it's for future profits, future use, you know, benefit of using this. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you the quick formula for value. The quick formula for value is you take the the amount of money that they make from streaming and any other entities, whether it's, you know, strip clubs or whether it's um, Sirius XM or, you know, wherever. Jukeboxes. Jukeboxes, whatever it is. You take all that number. Mm-hmm. You multiply it by 10. You take right. one year's worth, you multiply it by 10, and that's the value of the catalog. Yeah, I get it. it and it, that's it's called, it's called amortization. What is it? Amortization. amortization. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I get that. So that's that's where that's at. And these companies, they're taking, you know, these these companies, they have stake in, in a million other companies. Sure. It's not like they're just sitting around as the bank of BMG. BMG, I'm sure, has you know, partnership deals with Paramount Pictures or Paramount TV or, you know, all these different things. So they can, they can invest against, they can tell Paramount TV as an example, we can bring you, and I'll just make up a name. We can bring you the McQueen Street catalog for say a million dollars and you can use their songs in, in perpetuity for five years, if you give us this much money toward our collection, so they get uh, they they sell a collective amount. They say we're going to go out and sign all these bands, and or we're going to get the rights to all these bands, and you're going to pay us X amount of money, and then you can use our songs in your productions, your TV, right, your right. video, your movies your documentaries, your, you know, commercials, whatever you want to do. And that's how that works. That's why I don't know if you've noticed it, but more and more when you're watching TV, there's more and more eighties music and seventies yeah, music. I noticed in there. That the Twisted sister was in like a insurance commercial or some shit like that. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. And, but that's how they're doing it. I mean, do they yeah. have $500 million? Probably probably yes and no they have 500 they have 500 million dollars 
available to them by their partnerships with various consort various well, productions. But the way that I see it is that they'll they'll more or less market. Let, let's just say rat. Let's uh-huh. put rat out there. Okay. Rat obviously has some very notable tunes, whether it's round and round or, you know, wh- whatever it is. And they'll go, Hey, we, uh, we're going to be able to get our hands on the rat catalog. Right. And they'll tell Paramount or whoever it is, the movie companies or the commercial companies and say, if we secure this deal, you'll have access to the rat catalog to play. Nobody rides for free and you're right. go at or whatever the case may be. And they'll go, yeah, we could see that happening. So they'll maybe sign a note of right. A promissory note, yeah, a promissory note. And they'll go, okay, well, we'll offer the rat entity $4 million for their catalog. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's quite like that. I think it's, they will, the, the master company might offer the, the BMG might offer 4 million for the catalog. Paramount might offer $2 million for use of it for X amount of years. Right. And then they have the right to sell it to other. Well, they don't have Paramount doesn't. No, no, no. no, I'm talking about BMG. Yeah. And also market it to other people as well to recruit money. Yeah. Correct. And they can pull songs off. And once it's once Paramount's using nobody rides for free, well, then you don't let Hulu use it. You know, Hulu has to, has to buy on for another song. So that's how they'll make their money in the long run. Boy, that's a lot of long game. That is a long negotiations. It's a long game. It's not a, it's definitely not a short game, but, but, then again, but then again, we've learned over the, over time mm-hmm. that, that songs, if, if they're big enough, they're timeless and look at how much they pay for nonsense, but uh, you know, and, and by nonsense, I mean, Steven and the Geico commercial. Well, that he's or, in that or, commercial, what six seconds at most. Yeah, for the most, but but I'm looking more at the bigger thing like the NFL that plays well oh, yeah. the jungle or crazy train yeah, and or sandman, whatever. They're they're probably Yeah, or or back in black or some mm-hmm. shit like that they play at the stadium. Yeah. Oh, and, and like Motley Crue, every strip club in the country plays fucking girls, girls, girls. Of course. So that song probably has a huge amount of value for licensing purpose. You know, I mean, I mean, it, it it adds up. I wouldn't want to be the accountant. Fuck that. <laughs> if you have something that's hot, everyone's everyone wants to get in on it, says mm-hmm. Cynthia Katz of the law firm Fox Rothschild, which right. uh, has negotiated nearly one billion dollars worth of deals, including Motley Crue sale to BMG. All of those things coming together has led to a flourishing new market, a new revenue source for artists that I think is wonderful. Well, that's a sellout. (laughs) You have increased uh, complete. You have increasing completion. The increase, the pricing creates bidding wars and all of that. And you have a lot of people jumping on these opportunities. As they should. I mean, Stephen, how old is Stephen? 60, 70? Yeah, he's 60. I think he's just like 63, maybe. All right. And what do you think he's got left? 10, 12 years? 10 years, maybe 12 at the most. So why shouldn't he take his money and run now? Well, see, this is the thing, whole thing with uh, Don. He's uh, 69. Yeah, you should be kidding. It's, it's like, how many years do I have left? 10, 12, 15 years? Yeah, here, take it all. Why shouldn't I take, uh, you know, two, $3 million, you know, yeah. what am I going to do with $3 million in my seventies or in the grave? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have fun. Enjoy. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Right. 
Peter Frampton has not yet sold, but he says bidders are knocking at his door at this very moment, actually. Obviously, I'm not in the same position as Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen or Sting or anything. But with that amount of money we're talking about is definitely something that's worth thinking about. Do you feel like I do, Peter yeah. Frampton? He did sell it, actually. He sold it um, December 8th. All right. So it's just recent. Yeah, to BMG. No no price given. Yeah. What do you think his catalog's worth? $300? <laughs> Depends on what you, what's included. Is it uh, Peter Frampton's solo or is what he did with Humble Pie as well? Uh, I don't know. Uh, breakthrough humble pie. they mentioned humble pie all right so the deal includes frampton's publishing interest songwriter recording artist and sideman revenue streams and neighboring rights spanning his entire musical career oh, so anything that he put his fingers on yeah is part of the deal well good i'm sure that baby i love your way is gonna fucking make zillions of dollars he has one song that people are really, I mean, what are they going to use? Do you feel like I do? That's it. Right. Lines on my face. Nobody's going to use that. Come on. Oh, I'm going to use that. For what? When I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I go, I got to go to work again today. I got lines on my face. It'll, it'll be like in some old, old people movie. <laughs> You'll hear that song back playing as Helen Mirren gets out of bed or some shit. <laughs> It'll be, what, what is that Ron Howard movie with the old people? Oh, meet Joe black. No, no the what, old people. Yeah. The, what was that Ron Howard movie with the old people back in the cocoon? Um, oh, I just looked up Ron Howard, old people be speaking of old people. Boy, he looks old as fuck. <laughs> He's OP. Yeah, well, he ain't Opie no more. <laughs> He's grumpy. I don't know. Hey, you call you're on the air. There's one thing I don't understand. There's more than one, Tim. Why? Well, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. But why? Why? I mean, Doc and Doc, Don was on your show telling us a few years ago. Yes. Um, that how Dokken didn't own their electric catalog, and he was talking about the fact that Nikki Six called the record label of the president of the record label, which was Sylvia Roan at the time, pretty nasty words in in Spin magazine, and he got because because of the deal Motley Crue signed in 1991, Motley Crue got the rights to their catalog um, recordings and everything like that. And Don described Nikki as a smart guy, and he was talking about in perpetuity, and he was talking about the fact that they re-recorded that they did the greatest hits album because of because of publishing, and a lot of a lot of bands do that. So, what can sell their catalog to BMG, and why BMG? I'll hang up and let you answer. Haley Hill. All right. Well, it, it, they don't own the right to the actual original recordings, but to the actual publishing of the actual songs, that's a whole different story. Yeah. And streaming royalties and all that other shit. That's what they're selling. Is that Ron Howard? That's Ron Howard. Are you sure? That's what it says. That doesn't even look like him. That's, that's what it's. Oh, no, it isn't. It's Rance Howard. Who the hell is Rance Howard? <laughs> Who is Rance like, Howard? It's like, no way that's... Oh, it's his dad. <laughs> sorry. It's like, like, no way. That's his dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just saw Ron... I looked up Ron Howard old people, and 15 pictures of this guy came up. I was like, damn, Ron Howard looks fucking ancient. Yeah. All right, well, rest in peace, Rance. Right. Whoops. <laughs> Look, I fuck up sometimes. I admit it. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. yeah. He's not looking as healthy as he used to. Cocoon is what I'm talking about. Oh, all right. The movie Cocoon. 
don't know that I ever watched it. Yeah. It's a weird, weird ass movie. Uh, um, so, yes. so anyway, uh, what's been, what's been going on here? Suffice to say confluence of benefits for all concerned parties. That's made catalog selling one of the be- biggest, uh, perpetual music stories of the past couple of years. Okay. So, so, you know, and the thing is, is the, these people who made a lot of hits obviously were talented. They were at the right place at the right time. They obviously had the talent to write something good, whether they were hooked up with the right producer, it it was a perfect storm is what it is. Sure. So they're kind of benefiting from whether it is their 100% talent or whether it was the perfect storm or whether I I don't know what it is, what made people successful, but, but now in this delayed or, or advanced age or whatever, these, these people have the opportunity to cash in Mm -hmm. and that's what it is. Yeah. And good for them. Uh, one word of course is money. Think about it in Powerball or mega millions terms, musicians who once intensely coveted ownership of their songs and recordings, though the record companies own the bulk of those, Tim, they have a choice. They can hold on to their artistic intellectual property and receive an uncertain annuity based on the vagaries of sales and popularity or they can cash in on the windfall and do what they wish with the money. It's really that simple. So that kind of answers Tim's question, right? Yeah, that's it. There are tax benefits as well. Many performers make enough each year to be in the highest income tax bracket around 37%. Well, one time payout is taxed at 20%. Though that was raised in a recent legislation passed by Congress, i.e. the Biden administration. Nevertheless, it can still be more advantageous to take a big money, sure thing than gamble on volatility of the marketplace. Right. So get while the getting is good is what they're trying to do. Yeah, before the government steps in and fucks you over. Exactly. Money is also an easier asset to pass along to one's heirs because, for example, like Don, he has two children and he would, you know, pass that along to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, then a song catalog. Some children will understand the business of their parents' music more than others. But if the catalog is sold, that diminishes the chance of fighting over what to do with it if it is inherited, especially if it's passed on to multiple recipients, couple of children, i.e. This is something uh, really good as far as estate planning is concerned. They can set something up rather than having a bunch of different heirs receiving random royalty checks from different payers and have all that uh, to be subject to various taxes. It's a really smart thing to do as some of these artists are getting older. What? Yeah, imagine <laughs> that. Getting old? Yeah, imagine that. What, 70 is old? It's damn near dead. <laughs> exactly. Simple Minds uh, frontman Jim Kerr, who is 63, uh, here's a trivia for you. Mm-hmm. Who was uh, Simple Minds frontman Jim Kerr married to at one time? Someone in close proximity to your geological location. Jeffrey Dahmer's mom. No. I don't know. I have no idea. Chrissy Hind. Oh, ugh, pig. It doesn't matter. I don't like her. It doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter. Never liked her tunes. She stinks. Doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you liked her or not. No. She's from the Akron, Kent area, and she was married to this guy. Well, embarrassing. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> your, your your opinion is not relevant to this discussion. Get out of my state, Chrissy Hine. <laughs> Uh, frontman Jim Kerr, who's, who's 63 and is sold to BMG, uh, concurs. We've had a lot of people around us. Now what, 
what song did Simple Minds have aside from Don't Forget About Don't Me? Don't you forget yeah. about me. From, from Breakfast Club. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean, here's one guy or one band who benefited greatly from a soundtrack that his song was part of. I mean, you know, Breakfast Club is a massive, massive, still popular today movie sure and, and that is a huge uh song in the in the uh soundtrack for that uh, movie 638 million plays yeah there you go number two which i don't even know that i know this song alive and kicking i know that alive and kicking okay i know but, that one too but that's the thing, but the thing is is what without their participation in breakfast club. Oh yeah. Nobody would even remember. Them. That's my point. I could hold on to another 20 year. No, you couldn't, but, but you know, people need money now. Yeah. Especially when you haven't had a hit in 40 fucking years. <laughs> well, who are you? Uh, what, what is that? What is that? Uh, law firm, uh, ag wentworth or something like that oh yeah jg wentworth jg wentworth we'll get you your money now <laughs> yeah don't wait you the want kid. a 20 year, you want a 20 year payout we'll get it all for you tomorrow it's fantastic <laughs> yeah, i think you should call jg wentworth <laughs> yeah they'll get it all for you minus yeah. 80 percent they keep <laughs> the kids the nephews, the nieces. Since when did you worry about your nephews and your nieces? No, I don't. Nephews, that's kind of my point. I have nephews and nieces. I'm not worried I, about them in my retirement. I, I as well, but that that's not a concern. No, my brother better handle that shit. <laughs> Selling lets us do that without them having to fight about it. Okay. Okay. And <laughs> adds Pink Floyd's drummer Nick Mason with the recognition and mortality. If we do sell the catalog, it might be in uh many ways be an easier way of dealing with one's estate. I want the money eventually to go to my children. They're probably as old as you are, Nick. Yeah, my 70-year-old son. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a lot easier to leave money than leaving what would uh, be maybe 20 people arguing how to delve into the catalog. What do you care? What, you think you're going to be sitting on a cloud watching them fight? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, you get comfortably numb. You yeah. get run like hell. You, you get... <laughs> you get brick in the wall one because you weren't as good as the number two guy. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. There's one size fits all way of packaging and selling music. Some artists sell everything. The provincial uh, lock, stock, and barrel and walk away with a big check. Yeah, just pal. Just ask Bruce Springsteen. Others well, sell. Howard didn't ask him somehow. I don't know yeah. how that question avoided him. Well, because uh, Bruce didn't bring it up and Howard couldn't parrot the question. <laughs> exactly right. Others sell a portion of their holdings or percentage of their catalog and become partners with the buyers with some continuing uh, say in the future of the music and how it's used. The latter allows them to mix and match the benefits, getting a lump sum, but also having skin in the game, as it were, and some continuing say in how their music is used. Okay. Financial analysis have warmed up to a music by steadily reliable and appreciating assets, which has brought Wall Street to the table. In addition to existing music conglomerates, you have these golden Goldman Sachs reports that are very bullish on music industry growth. BMG says it's double digit growth. Uh, they have had their analysis. Therefore, it's almost a safe opportunity to invest in these assets and score that profit on their investment. In other words, we have plans for your music, so sell it to us, bitches. Yeah. The real, the real thing, you ain't going to get this much money ever again, so take yeah. it or don't. 
Yeah, you're 75 years old. What are you going to live? Another 10 years? What are you going to do? Yeah. You, you you really want your kids to fucking hate each other over it? Just give it to us and you can do whatever you want with your money. Yeah, we'll give you a lump sum. It might not be worth what it's actually worth, but at your age, you should just be appreciative of what you can get. That's right. Now take this lump sum and scram. Right. <laughs> These buyers see music as holding its value, potentially increasing as a proliferation of avenues, broadcasts, streaming, and otherwise has created a need for the content. That creates more opportunities to monetize the music with no end in sight as journeys. Jonathan Kane, scam artist, puts it. Music is certain, even in uncertain times. Yeah. Wi words of wisdom from a very wise man. Well, he is biblical. <laughs> the music industry is still investing. It's in itself, mind you. BMG, Sony, Universal, and Concord Music Group, Primary Wave, Cobalt Music Rights, and others have all the tap the table making acquisitions among the more aggressive has been the hip hypnosis song fund. Yeah. They bought a bunch. Yeah. Uh, publicly traded on uh, the London stock exchange, uh, intellectual property and song management companies started in 2018. So they're only four years old. I've got billions of dollars. I guess you can be young. Apparently they can. By music executive Merrick, uh, I can't even pronounce this guy's last name, Mercergy, yeah, that guy, and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Niall Rogers, while racking up a portfolio of more than 70 artists and more than 70,000 songs. Wow. <laughs> Hypnosis last year partnered with Blackstone Music Group investment company, Injection of Another. How much? 10 billion. No, not quite. 5 billion. No, not quite. How much? 2 billion. 1 billion. Okay. Can to, to continue acquiring catalogs. I need it. The positive prognosis, the result has brought other banking investment and equity funds into the music realm, including buyers such as BlackRock, Vine Alternative Investments, Shamrock Capital, Eldridge, KKR, and more. Lots of people with lots too much money. <laughs> they got a lot of money. They got a lot of money floating around out there. The people who are looking to buy these music acts as, uh, assets have grown astronomically, says Fox Rothschilds Cats. Even five years ago, it was limited to the music industry itself. As technology advances, we're able to run models and profiles and predict future earnings much better. Algorithms, my friend. Yeah. Dude, how how in, insanely lucky are these guys that blew through all their fucking money that this is happening right now? They, they, again, it's, it's how, how does the old thing, uh, the old saying go, you could trip and fall into dog shit and still come out smelling like a rose. Yeah. I mean, some of the, I mean, we know some guys and I don't want to yes. share on who, but we know some guys that are butt ass poor that have sold tens of millions of records and they are going to fucking fall into this money. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, again, that is the reaping the benefits of their, their, the, or the fruits of their labors rather. Me and you work like fucking slaves for no money. Some of these guys fucking made their entire, made hundreds of millions of dollars worth of shit in an hour. Yeah. Writing one or two songs. Yeah. God, is that annoying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lottery. It is. It really it, is. It, it's the lottery of life. I mean, you might, you might land on a winner, but then again, you might go down in flames. Yeah. Uh, they, let's see. Um, wall street started paying attention and looking at music as an asset class that they would invest in long with real estate and everything else in their portfolio. And music seems to be 
weather economic storms better than a lot of these other holdings. So it became that much more attractive. Uh, everybody loves the songs, dude. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, welcome to the jungle back in black, you know, just, just songs that, uh, crazy train, a black dog. Yeah. You know, everybody know. Oh, that's awesome. Fuck yeah. Black dog. It's been a long time since a rock and roll, <laughs> you know, uh, yep. buyers get their return on investment from continually, uh, continuing royalty streams by licensing the music for use in films, TV shows, advertising campaigns, internet programs, Wendy Dio, Ronnie James Dio's widow and manager sold his rights to round Hill music three years ago and laughs. Ha 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 as she notes that she and her partners had to pay the company to use his music in recent documentary dream dreamers never die. Yeah. They I had to pay. Yeah. They had to pay to use his own because they sold the catalog. Wow. Okay. So who sold so far? David Bowie created the mold in 1997 to 2007 when he struck a $55 million deal with Prudential Insurance Company of America for so-called Bowie funds based on royalties from 25 albums and 287 songs. Boy, they got him for nothing. Yeah, $55 million. $55 million, Jesus. Yeah. He got taken. Yeah. An incomplete list of top names artists who have sold more recently include Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Barley, Molly Crew, Nikki Six, Nikki Six, uh, John Lennon, Paul Simon, Genesis, and Phil Collins, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Sting, Twisted Sisters, D. Snyder, individual members of Fleetwood Mac, Journey, Ray Charles, Huey Lewis, and the News. Dio, Joey Ramone, Neil Young, David Crosby, Richie, Richie Sambora, uh, Blondie, Simple Minds, Shakur, Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston, Rick James, and Barry Manilow. Wow. Must have been so, an interesting sales meeting with Whitney. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who, whoever was running her estate. Who's left? Are they all dead? Do you think it was Bobby Brown? It might be because I mean, her, her kids didn't two of her kids die. Yeah. They're both dead. Yeah. I know. I know the one, the, the girl died, but didn't the, the son died too. Right. Well, the, the boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. The guy was accused of killing the daughter. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I just know it's, it was just a fucked up deal. Yeah. A typical, typical for that environment, I guess. For the right. Swedes. Right. <laughs> many, sales, many sales, of course, are kept secret or at least under the radar as artists don't want to be seen as selling out. Uh, it's not uh, limited to older heritage artists, either comparative youngsters ranging from five finger death punch. Imagine dragons, Justin Timberlake, the killers, the cha the chain smokers. Hey, the chain smokers. Some 41, uh, some 41's Derek Wimbley, Blink 182's Tom DeLong, Julian Casablanca's of the Stroke, EDM heroes, Skrillex, Calvin mm -hmm. Harris, and rappers such as 50 Cent and Nelly, and super writer producer Mark Ron Ronson, Jack Antonoff, Ryan Tedder. Uh, Sam Hollander, Sean Garrick, Pooh Bear, and the D Dream have thrown in with the boom market. Good for Pooh Bear for getting his money while the getting's good. Of course, could buy more honey. <laughs> Taylor Swift's early career rights, meanwhile, uh, were also sold to Shamrock Capital, not by her, but her Scooter Braun. Uh, Scooter Braun after he acquired them when he purchased Big Machine Records during uh, 2019. It doesn't have to be the older artist only attorney Katz notes as these deals are getting more and more common and prolific. 
We're looking at new ways to do them that make sense for somebody who's younger and still needs the building phase of their career. Uh, not everyone is interested in cashing in. Among those is Alice Cooper, who has so far turned down inquiries about his catalog at the advice of manager Shep Gordon. That Shep's not doing him any favors there. Come on. Yeah. How old Alice, is that? He's, he's, he's got to be 70 or 80, right? Yeah, he's pushing 80, I would think. Dude, sell that shit. Yeah. Shep is one of those guys that says, is this going to change your lifestyle? I go, no, Cooper explains and he goes, then why would you ever sell it? It's not going to change anything. Hold on to it forever until you fucking die. Stop it. <laughs> give it to your, well, see, that's the whole thing. It says, give it to your kids. And that the, you know, earlier in the article, it says, well, this kind of keeps the kids from having to say, well, I get 18. Well, I get, I get elected. Well, I get, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, Cooper's kids are going to be fighting with each other for the fucking, yeah. for the, for the scraps, right? The amount of money is just ridiculous, but if I don't have to do it, I'd rather keep it. Well, why? Yeah. Why does he have to do it with that kind of money being thrown around? Hire an attorney. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what his management is saying, but. Okay. Pink Floyd was rumored to be on the verge of a catalog sale of an esti estimated $500 million. Wow. But Britain's Financial Times reported that the infighting about the terms has caused delay. What well, boy, what a surprise. How can you not find a way to fucking compromise for $500 million? Yeah. David Gilmore. You, are you going to be around another 10, 15 years at the most? Yeah, I mean, for God's sakes, dude, just settle. Give, Come give on, Roger, you're, you're, you're 75 years old. How long? Yeah. I mean, give, give Roger an extra 3 million than everybody else and be done with it. Who cares? Right. right. And that seems to cause drummer, uh, Mason, at least to have second, th second, th what are you 75? <laughs> I thought it's easy to have a huge payout and lose half of half the tax and the other half the frauds and con men, he said. So I'm not sure about all that. I think it was an interesting idea, but I'm not so sure, sure that's the way. Yeah, very, very sound thinking there. Very sound. <laughs> Though mates Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young sold Graham Nash's remains a holdout on Unless somebody makes me an offer, I can't read what, what are you, 80 years old, too, yeah. Graham Nash? Yeah, I mean, Graham Nash, my God. <laughs> How old is he? Can you look that up? <laughs> He's got to be pushing 80. Come on now. Come on, man. Graham Nash is, where's the wiki? Jesus Christ. Oh my God. He looks a hundred. He's 80. He's 80. Yeah, well, he's got to hold out then. <laughs> don't want to, don't want to blow through it too soon. <laughs> and Creed Alterbridge co-founder co Mark Tremonti says he's been listening to offers, including one negotiation that stopped when the company paid out large to another artist. He's comfortable biding his time before pulling the trigger. Yeah. He ought to just sell from one of the bands. Right. In that case, and, and I know Mark, Mark's a, Mark's a uh, smart guy, but yeah, he ought to sell the Creed catalog and keep the altar bridge going. Sure. I mean, cause that's going to probably gain value, you know, so sell Creed's not going to gain any more value. They're done. Yeah. Sell that <laughs> shit. We've kept an eye on what's going on. We haven't just come across the right deal. He says right now, I really don't want to have any deals that would keep me from doing whatever I want to do with the music. It would have to be a huge deal for that to happen. So it's not something that's the top of my agenda. If I want to work less and just relax more as I get older, that'll be the time to look at these deals. Why not do it now and then put the fucking balance in the bank? Yeah, or or invest it and you know gain some interest on it. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do something and, and then you have it. Then you don't have to worry about, you know, what if he gets in a bus crash? Then or, what? Or, or what if the market falls out? Yeah. And they're not interested in that anymore. Yeah. Just get, get your money, dude. What are you right. doing? Yeah. Most artists who are selling claim they are concerned with who ends up with the rights and what they plan to do with it. Wendy Dio acknowledges that her late husband would probably have never sold his rights, but says she shopped around before settling with Roundhouse Round Hill because they're going they're going to continue pushing it and putting it out there, putting it in places and continue marketing it long after I'm gone. And it keeps Ronnie's music relevant and alive. Enough of that nonsense. She'll sell his fucking foot voicemails if she can. <laughs> Motley Crue, meanwhile, went to BMG during 2021 because of the company's commitment to the product, as well as licensing, including a box set and anniversary campaign, such as 2023's planned year of the devil campaign to commemorate the 40th anniversary as Crue's Sophomore album, Shout at the Devil. BMG is great with these types of catalogs, and their team was really passionate about Motley Crue's uh, Chris Nielsen's president of 10th Street Entertainment, which manages Crue, told Billboard earlier this year. People don't want just the vinyl anymore. That's been available for years. They want the vinyl, and it's prepackaged with an exclusive T-shirt. Oh, a signed lithograph collector's item. I think there's a lot of opportunities for this band to participate in that marketplace. And BMG comes along with a lot of expertise and the ability uh, to do things that were really attractive to the band. Fantastic. I have a hard time believing that Vince Neal is insane. Just get me the fucking money. Yeah, I'm fucking broke again. Yeah. I, I, I haven't made money in six months. It's time to go. Right. <laughs> BMG Shearer, meanwhile, says he's surprised when he sees artists selling their catalogs to companies where there is no music infrastructure to take care of their legacy, of their kids, of the songs, the music they've written. I think you want to make sure somebody really is taking care of it. Nobody Can gives a shit once you sell it. <laughs> That's like saying, man, you know what? I hope, I hope when I sell my house, I hope the next guy fucking mows my lawn. Right. Stop it. You sold I, it. I drove by that house and they're just not keeping it up the way that I would have kept it up. Yeah. I mean, just stop with that nonsense. Once you sell it and you ain't getting nothing for it anymore, you don't give a fuck. Right. Jonathan Kane adds that journey has already seen the benefits of its sale with uh, hypnosis, uh, placed the band 1983's hit separate ways world apart with the TV series, stranger thing, exposing a younger audience to the band and its catalog. In fact, is our, the fact is our albums don't sell like they used to, he says. So wow. it makes it very attractive to put the music with a company that understands the music and can do things with it that can get it out there in ways we not we may not have access to otherwise. Do you get the feeling these guys are all fucking half clueless because they're insulated? I think so. I mean, some of the albums don't sell the way they used to. Well, no shit, dude. Yeah. Nobody's buying albums. Yeah. When's the last time album sales were big? Never. 2000. Yeah. At least 22 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it has not been in in a quarter century, your, your, your kids have had kids since the last time you had a million seller, right? So stop it. I agree. So there you go. That's the, uh, that that's the story behind people who have legacies and have had good, uh, you know, catalogs and all this other kind of stuff. They, you know, reap the benefit of their, uh, you know, the sweat of their brow. Yeah, that's right. So for them, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know what? You've earned it. If you hung out that long and you had something that affect uh, pop culture, um, why not get paid for it? Yeah, cash it out, fucko. Yeah, go live your life. That's go right, live your best life. That's right. Go enjoy. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up another show tonight. I want to uh, thank uh, um, Robbie Lochner. Yeah, Robbie Lochner for being a part of the show tonight and talking about his uh, band DILF, (laughs) whatever that means. Right. And his countdown to Christmas, as well as giving us a little insight to his uh, Jack Russell's Great White and all that. Robbie, good dude. I've hung out with him on many occasions over the last few years. And, you know, I was glad he reached out and, you know, shared his video with us and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, thanks for Robbie being a part of the show. I want to thank everybody else who is tuned into the show and hung out in the chat room and annoyed us all. And, (laughs) you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll be back next Saturday. I'm going to go out to the uh, Stephen Piercy show in McHenry, Illinois on Friday. So I might have a little bit of a concert report for you then with your co-host of Chris Aiken presents with nice with Eric Ferentinos. Is that what you're still calling it? Are you still calling it? It's Chris Aiken presents. Okay. And uh, we'll see what's going on with Mr. Piercy as well. So I'm going to let you pick a, track to take us out tonight so what should i play uh peter frampton lying since we um talked about frampton to start this okay well he should sell his catalog because he's got got nothing to hold on to that's right not even hair (laughs) did you say lying yep l-y-i-n-g lying all right all right I think I got that pulled up. All right. Sure. Shit. I do. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back next Saturday. We'll do this thing all over again. And till next Saturday, this is Neely along with my very good friend. Chris Egan. We're gone. Bye kids. See ya. Thanks for checking out this episode of the classic metal show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Ninja!